Welcome to the Elijah Streams podcast. Our mission is to encourage you in your faith through a unique blend of patriotism and prophecy. And now here's your host, Steve Schultz. Well, happy Wednesday, August 17, 2022. Welcome to the broadcast. It's going to be a great show today. We have Kat Kerr as always. It's going to be right an hour show starting now as she's got some other things she needs to do. But um, this is the day before uh, Eric Trump comes. So Eric Trump will be here tomorrow. Do not miss this. Be sure and text your friends, email your friends, call your friends and let them know. We've got some great questions for Eric and it's going to be great. So, um, oh, by the way, yes. Thank you, Julie. It is 8 a.m. tomorrow. I would have forgotten that. It's 8 a.m. Pacific time. So if you're on the East Coast, it'll be 11, but it's 8 a.m. in the morning because that's when we could get him. Uh, And so we're happy to do that. We did that one other time with General Flynn. So it is 8 o'clock in the morning Pacific time. So there you have it. I'm just making sure I'm not missing any notes here. So, all right. uh, Before we bring Kat on, let's bring Mike and Lori Sally on. Let's talk about the wells. They are spearheading the whole thing. Uh, the whole project. And so I can't wait to hear all about it. So Mike and Lori Sally, take it away. Yeah, go ahead, Lori. We are so excited to update you specifically about the water wells in Uganda. Um, I think one of your shows you shared about that we had had 300 salvations. Well, now it's up to over 800 people have given (laughs) their lives to Jesus because of these water wells. I'm just in I was just in shock. I mean, who knew that Jesus, we know he can turn water into wine, but who knew <laughs> he was going to take these water wells and, and and share the gospel in such an impactful way. People just, be, it's just. I it's had crazy. always hoped that maybe a, a, a person or two would, would come to Jesus because of this, but I had no idea that this would be an evangelism tool where hundreds and hundreds with I and just think we're just getting started. We're just getting started. We're now doing a well a week, every week, one well. So, wow. So, so we're up to 47 new wells that Elijah streams has provided 47. <sighs> I was looking There's a big organization that does work in Uganda and all of last year. And then all they do is water. All they do. And they did 42 water projects, not even wells in the entire year and that's really yeah and so it's it's incredible the pace and and the excitement of the people and i I was surprised as well as how many people are coming to know jesus because of this it's it's crazy it's it's not normal actually it's something god's doing just the anointing is all over this project and just the investment that people are making it's it's incredible i wanted to share one of the stories so i was asking my team like tell me um, what does it look like? I mean, how is this happening? How are, how are they sharing the gospel? Because normally, I mean, you know, pastors are out there sharing all the time. And in this one particular area, so Elijah Streams, we are drilling wells in different parts of Uganda, not all in the same exact spot. So it's in different areas. But there's right. one area that is really, really dry. It's a drought area. And so it's kind of like the forgotten people. It's it's drought. Um, they don't have a lot of government assistance. They don't have many organizations that are coming there to help. And so what they've been doing is as the, the water company is coming out with their equipment, they are go- they're renting a um, speaker and hooking it up to the car, to a car. And they're driving through the village and they're kind of announcing Hey, we want you to know what Jesus is doing. 
There's people that love Jesus that are responding to him and they care about you and he cares about you and they want you to know about him. And so then they start sharing the gospel and then right behind them, not very far, there's these huge, massive trucks that have these huge drilling um, implements and things. And, And my team was telling me that not only are the water wells an amazing thing, but the fact that we're using this equipment you know, the technology that we're using to drill these wells is abnormal for them because normally when people come and drill a well, they do it by hand. And, you know, we're thankful for those that are able to do that, but it's not as efficient because you can't go as deep. It's actually dangerous to do it like that. But people are in awe. And imagine if it's not every day that you see massive trucks coming in. Um, you know, whenever they're in these villages, when strangers come, everybody stops what they're doing and they run and they want to know what's going on. So they're using that first like introduction of here's why we're doing this. And then they're watching the process the entire time. And then when Amazing. they're in water, then when they, when they hmm. hit water, they do a big commissioning and they gather everybody together. And that's when their hearts are touched. And they were telling me this story about this one woman. She's 71 years old. And to me, when I hear 71, that doesn't seem that old because I'm, you know, I'm in my 50s. So 70 doesn't seem like it's that old. But in Uganda, that is old. The life expectancy isn't that long. We know Jesus can do it 120 years more than that. But 71, she's considered an elder in her community. And my team was telling me that she has zero faith. Normally in Uganda, you find people that are either they adopt something, whether they're really born again or not. And they say born again. We say Christians in the States, but they always say born again. And that means you're yeah. really born again. Um, she didn't believe in any anything or she didn't really ascribe to any particular thing. She must have believed in a higher being because she testified that she used to say to whatever higher being she was talking to, if somebody would come and solve this water crisis, because I've been suffering, my parents were suffering, my children are suffering, now my grandchildren are suffering. And then whenever we came in and drilled this water and she saw the water coming, she just started yelling, God is alive, God is alive, God is alive. That's amazing. She was so excited. She truly was like the woman at the well because she she then gave her life to Jesus. People followed suit. They followed her. They thought if it's if she believes in Jesus, I want the same Jesus. And, and it was remarkable. So Steve, over eight hundred people. I can't, even, I can't. I mean, I do, but it's like un. I mean, I. I thought maybe a, a person or two would come to the Lord because of these wells. I had. I never saw this coming, not even close. And and we're just getting started. You know, one well a week, uh, it'll probably increase before long, unless you run out of land to drill wells. <laughs> I don't think we'll run out of land. There's a lot of people that contact us all the time. And you really? Oh, yeah, all the time. Yeah. Tell us about that. Tell me about that for a minute. Do people, other people call and say, bring a well here or what? I get, I get emails every week from people that, that hear about what's going on um, with Elijah streams and how we're providing this water and saying, can you do one for me? Can you do one for me? Can, here's, here's somebody I know in this village that needs help. Here's an, here's a school that needs help. So it's a, it's a, there's, I don't think we've gotten close to tapping out the potential yet. And so it's, it's pretty Crazy. exciting. And yeah. just, Crazy. just to let those that are watching know, it's not as easy as just people contacting and saying, Hey, I need a water well here. 
because we're trying to work with reputable well drillers right. um, that we can make sure that we're going to go deep enough and the water is going to be sustainable because you hear stories of water wells that were, were drilled by, you know, different organizations and, and maybe their driller didn't go deep enough and then it ends up running dry. And that's what we're, we don't want that to happen. So we try and do it through relationships. So you're trying to do, well, you, I know you brought a video, your daughter, Caitlin, made this video so let's yeah. watch that video and uh, about it's kind of the latest <laughs> i laughed because he said he said we're emptying hell and we're populating hell. you can't empty hell but you can populate hell. but we understand what he means he said we're we're doing damage big time to hell yeah. i mean we are literally coming against the uh, hell so let's watch that video thank you elijah streams for your love your care and your generosity as a result of your generosity and your partnership building boreholes in Uganda by providing clean water, thousands have been blessed. Secondly, the gospel is being preached and hundreds have come to the Lord between January and August of this year, 2022. Three church plants have been started. So your generosity is not only providing clean water, but is emptying hell and populating heaven by souls coming to the kingdom. And we talk about your Elijah streams. So everyone prays for you and God bless you so very much. Mike and Lori Saleh, this is amazing. Before the launch of this poor hall, the gospel has been preached and about 15 people have accepted Christ as Lord and Savior. And even land has been donated to start a church in this place. Amen. So this is a testimony, this is amazing. These are 15 souls that have come to the kingdom of God today because of the donation of the Boa Hall. Thank you very much. It's <laughs> so fun. exciting. Oh He's like, my like a kid, isn't he? He's like a kid. Oh, well, I'm like a kid, yeah. you know. I'm sitting here grinning. You guys are the same thing. Look what's going on. I mean, I can't believe it. I I do believe it, but this was far above and beyond anything I think any of us expected to happen. So um, wait to see what amazing. God does. It's amazing what God's doing, for sure. That's Practice amazing. Well, well, thank you both for coming. I see Kat is now here, so blessings to you both and i appreciate mike and laurie you're working with us very strongly to to look into water situations uh that we will be talking about very very soon here in the states you are here and we're looking at a lot of different things we related to the water so we'll be reporting that uh, and uh, a lot of people don't know we're helping a lot of other people even not related to the water but everyone who sows into this ministry receives a reward from from him I mean, without, you know, he says, even if you give so much as a cup of cold water to one of these, you will not lose your reward. Can you imagine the rewards God's passing out in heaven and on earth? So thank you to all of our viewers. We appreciate it very much. So thank you, Mike and Lori. We'll see Take you care. soon, and we'll bring on Kat. Bless you guys. Okay, uh, so without further ado, let's do Wednesdays with Cat and Steve. Here we go. And there she is. Hey, Kat. I... How are you? I'm great, thank you. So good to have you back. I got my Disneyland tie on. Uh, <laughs> and tell people why it's okay to still love Disneyland, even though we hear some of these bad things. 
You know, I always look at the, the roots of something or the foundation of something. Yeah. And well, we can even look at the throne of God. Uh, Satan has taken many things that are actually some of the father's images, the way he operates. And he's he is um, on the earth, polluted them and made them not good. Um, but the that doesn't mean it's okay to partake of Satan stuff. I'm just making an example. Walt Disney was uh, put on the earth by God at the time he was put on here. And he was put here to create fun and family entertainment. That's why people think, well, he doesn't care about entertainment. Well, they have it in heaven, people. You make, yeah. They make movies in heaven. There's all kinds of there's, uh, roller coasters because God knows we need fun. And yeah. heaven, I say, is a good bit fun. It is holy. It's pure. There's nothing defiling. There's no profanity. There's no wickedness anywhere in heaven. Not in anything to create or make there. But Walt had this passion in his heart to make a place that families could come and bring their children. Because even in those days, there were there was a lot of craziness going on in the 60s. And things weren't turning in the best direction in that time. And so many things were going on that were not good. He was determined. And he really fought hard just, just, well, in Orlando, especially to get the land for Disney World. But the reason he created that and those characters was so we could have something to laugh at and have fun. And he is not happy himself right now with stuff that's going on. But it is going to change. And the father has adamantly told me it's going to change. So a lot of maybe people might end up by being removed and have this replaced there because I know when Walt was on the earth, he was adamant about keeping it at a level um, that what was produced and the content that was produced, not just at that time, but for years to come, could be enjoyed by family, by children, and know, know that they were going to see something safe. And when Disney World was open, I actually went to the park here in Florida the first year they were open. It was so many masses of people were coming wow. to enjoy. And the one thing about Disney I always appreciated was he always showed in his movies or any of the other things he created, you knew the difference between good and evil. That's and good. every time good would be the victor in the movies and any of the sets he made. And he made sure that, that you knew that this was evil and it was dark and it was not good. And yet this was filled with life and light. And uh, so I loved that he, the heroes always saved the day. And yes, uh, they, they do. They overcame every evil obstacle or thing that was in any of the movies or things he produced. And so I always appreciated that with Walt. And if he was here today, that's exactly what would still be happening. Instead of compromise and darkness invading parts of that, uh, there are going to be some covert activities going on in there. And no one's going to know anything about it except uh, God himself. But things are about to start changing in Disneyland and in Disney World. And I don't know if that means something might close for a while or things are being changed or things. There's going to be so many things accelerated in these days where darkness is going to be pushed back. And that so doesn't good. mean everything might close completely. But what it'll mean is darkness will be pushed out of places and out of uh, entertainment, especially. And those who make wicked movies will bomb and they'll lose their shirt if they keep doing it when this whole thing shifts. So I do I do uh, appreciate Walt and all that he created for families. If you ever go to either one of those places, you can see his own personal comments on the walls in the place. about Really? Oh, and he was so appreciated, appreciated the people who helped to build the place and the ones who work there now. 
his own comments about how he feels about them. He appreciates all of their efforts to help everyone have a good time, to make it safe. And, and he called them a team. He never so, took direct credit for everything. He always gave credit to everyone who was a part of what he did, which I also admired in him that he considered everybody involved and he wasn't just the only one that was doing anything. And then, of course, we know there's other people involved in that place now. That is not Walt's plans uh, no. or his ideas, some of them that are being put out there now. And even in the new things that are being made, there's a whole entire different con content in it that most believers or even good moral people would not appreciate. But just wait and see. That will also change. It's so such a, I'm it's glad such you a, see your Donald Duck. <laughs> Yeah, it's such a special place. That was they opened the doors the the year I was born, nineteen fifty five. I I met my wife across the street from Disneyland at the convention center. We went there on our honeymoon. It's just wow. a fam. It's just a real special place. Uh, and yeah, there'll be some bad apples that'll get gone. And it's interesting to hear what you just said. But um, yeah. don't some people think well then then this must be an evil place. Don't think that. Uh, Walt Disney's DNA is still in that thing. I remember hearing a story that that um, you know he and his brother Roy eventually ran the place yes. after he passed. Uh, but Roy didn't want to spend the money. He didn't want to put gold on the top of the castle. Uh, there's a point or something, and so Walt waited till he was gone on vacation or something, and he went up there and had the people put gold up there. Mean? I mean, I. I assume it was gold paint, but anyway, he spent the money. You know, he want wanted top notch, but anyway, anyway, so fun. So anyway, listen, I know we have to stop at the top of the hour because of things that you and I both have to do. Um, but anything else you want to share before we get into questions? Um, I was trying. I was thinking of something just a minute ago. I did want to want to say one more thing about Disney World. Okay. Make sure you're prayed up when you go there. You may have opportunities to minister to people. I'm not saying everybody there is bad or wicked. Right. Uh, some stuff going on or being controlled by certain people who are not <laughs> very good people. And I'm not going to name names or anything. I'm just saying keep it in your prayers. Yeah. I know Walt is declaring from heaven over it, absolutely wow. declaring from heaven over it. And that is something God gave him to create, and he was very pleased with it. He's not so pleased now, but it's going to change. I just want to encourage people, make sure, yeah. and no matter where you go, and this is just for parents of young children, make sure you yeah. always keep your kids with you in these days right now. Yeah. Make sure you see them and know, and know who they're with, please. Don't just drop them off at some friend's house and you don't even know they're friends or the family. I'm just, I would do that anyway. I mean, I always was like that anyway. I was always uh, very careful with my children who babysat them. But if we went to a big place, we made sure that we made, we made rules to go in there and to make sure we all knew where everybody was. If it was a child was always with an adult that went with us and we knew That's where they good. were going. And these days right now with all the stuff going on, I would yeah. just, that would be a good tip for everybody. So that Sounds, was the one I wanted to share. Really, really, really good. All right. Well, I have questions for you, a whole list of questions here. <laughs> so let me just start with the first one. Nathaniel asks, and I hadn't heard of this before, but here he goes. He says, I've heard that there are angels that stand at the four corners of our home. Is this true, 
or are the angels all over our home in and out? So that's his question. Help Elijah Streams continue to reach people around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Streams and the Elijah Streams podcast possible. Visit ElijahStreams.com and click the Donate Today button to become a partner today. I think it depends on where you put them, where you post them. You are allowed to say to the, the angels who are sent to protect you all the time, you and your family, um, I, 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 they're sentries that are, they're called sentries and they're posted yeah. here by your home and they pretty much stay around your home. You have others that leave and go with you when you go places, but that's what they're here for. And I just tell them, I'm going to post a sentry at each corner of my home. That's I'm going to post so many over the home and even down the road. And they actually go there and that's what they do. They watch for anything of darkness coming. They pull down strongholds. They shred platforms trying to. Um, trying to control us and the spirits of wickedness or whatever, you know, of darkness um, that want to control us or take things from us. So they're, they do both. They will either, even, either, either march around and go on your property and watch it all the time, or you can post them as sentries in certain places. And if you have a second place, you can also post sentries there. And that is their number one job is to protect that area that they're assigned to. That's really good. You know, I live in on acreage. That's not all my acreage. There's actually a few hundred acres. It belongs to the neighbors, but in order to keep the deer out, I'm involved inside the fence. So they put a fence around it. So I I didn't realize this about sentries. I this is the first time I've heard you say that that I can recall. But I felt I was supposed to post sentries, and I used that word at every uh, post on the fence around all the property, my neighbors as well. I said, if anyone gets anywhere near us to try to do harm, I want them to see these sentries as, you know, and I said, you know, let them think they're police officers, let them whatever. I, I want them scared to death if they try to do harm. So I don't know what you think about that. Well, you can actually also tell them to expose anyone who's coming, why they're coming, yeah. and they actually can stop them from coming. They'll actually stop them. They'll actually interfere with someone trying to come in, come in on the property. And that might be appearing to them. That might be them saying something. And even if they can't see them, they would hear that. So that's what sentries do. They're there to protect, to keep things away from you, and to make sure that, you, that your life and your property is safe. So yeah. you did the right thing by posting sentries. That's <laughs> really good. I got really serious one day because there, yeah, there had I know. been... Uh, there had been evidence of an invasion, and I thought, I'm not having this. I went to town. You know? I took off after that. All right, Star is asking this question. Uh, she says, some of us write letters to God or just simply write things down to him, to God. Does the Father receive those letters? And if he does, how does he receive them? There's several different ways that can happen. I would encourage you, if you wrote one, read it out loud to him. Oh, that's uh, good. You can do that when you're just by yourself uh, in your prayer time or just in a time where you're walking or just doing something. You can actually read it to him and say, Father, I have written this letter to you and read it to him. He absolutely is going to hear you read that letter. And they probably record it. It's probably recorded in heaven. They do a lot of recording. There's angels. That's what they do. And they're sent for that. They actually record things. There's couriers, there's scribes who write things down or else they write things down, you say, or they bring messages from um, from heaven that are that are written. I've had both of those happen to me before. Um, but absolutely, if you, if you want to stay in a spot and just say, 
uh, to your family member. I love you. I just want you to know I haven't forgotten you. I'm excited about one day being there with you. Then he'll make sure they hear that. People think everything's so far away, but especially the Father, the Son of the Holy Spirit. If you wanted to really say something to them, you he loves, by the way, writing that thing down is, is an MO, it's a, it's a mode of operations of the Father. He does have, a, we know he has the Layman's Book of Life. We know that he has a Book of Remembrance. He actually has many, and they're real books. They're huge books, and he does actually write in them. He likes to write things out. Uh, Christ would rather say it. <laughs> That's good. But the Father writes things down. You know he wrote a book about your life before you were even born. So good. So I would say you writing things down, maybe a good thing would be to get a journal. And if you think of something each day to say something to him, then you write down the date and what you wanted to say to him and make sure he hears that. And the other thing you can do with that journal is when he begins to answer you, it may, it may be that still small voice inside, but you know it's him answering because he's answering what you just said to him. So that way you can have a two-way conversation and you could record it in a journal and then you can enjoy looking at it later on. Or maybe leave that for your children one day and they might be surprised wow. what God said to you or what you said to him. So author authorship is a really big thing in heaven. Everyone has written a book that represents God or heaven or just something really fun but decent. They're already on library shelves in heaven. Your book's already in really? heaven. Did you, do you mean everyone's written a book whether they've written it here or not? Uh, what do you mean by that? You said everyone. Some people are you still saying, write, authors still write books in heaven. Do But are you saying people that don't write here are actually in effect, authoring a book there? I'm not quite sure what you're saying on that. No, what I'm saying is those who have authored a book here. Okay, okay. Those books, I, I saw my own books in a library in heaven. So Very I do cool. know, and I was told those who become authors, it's so important because even when you're gone, that book remains here, and those words will still be read by people. And it may be something a spiritual, or it could be something just, uh, help a help book or just something funny that's really decent and people love to read and there's still people who read books and also you can go get them out of the library uh, or you can just request to have one yourself there in heaven and you have a place for a library in your own mansion so people wow. still still love to read well i thought it was cool when uh, bill johnson had my book in his library if my book is in heaven that's way cooler. Yeah, it that's is in way, heaven. <laughs> yeah, that's very, very cool. Okay, and let me come back for a moment to uh, this. Just popped into my head. I think I'm supposed to share it. Like, so it's almost 15 years ago. I didn't know you yet. I hadn't heard about either sentries or hosts, but I was a praying man. And I, my, my oldest daughter got in trouble. She gave her phone number to a guy oh. uh, in, in in the market, and I was. Furious. Not at her, but that this would happen, that he would have it, and he started calling. And I ripped into the spirit realm, and I prayed every prayer, every kind of emotion about I wanted God to take it, take notice, and take action, and protect her. Does God pay attention to the, the amount? I mean, to me, there was faith behind that emotion. Because I knew God would act on it. Does God pay attention to our, how do I say this, angry faith, if I can put it that way, angry against the devil is what I mean. Is that? I would say that's called passionate. 
You're fierce against what the enemy is doing. Of course, the father's going to hear you. I'm I'm absolutely sure Uh, many times he's going to answer that prayer. And it may not be the way you think it will happen, but it will happen. And I've also seen that. But, 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 you know, passionate people, God, those people who have a passion and you're expressing what you're feeling and what you're thinking, especially if it's something that lines up with, with what God wants. And he, he speaks in this word about protecting and guarding. Uh, your words and keeping uh, certain people away from you because he doesn't want your your family life uh, infiltrated by the enemy or a plant or a thing that the enemy could use against you. So absolutely, especially the words of a parent for yeah. their child, he's absolutely going to pay attention to that. Yeah, it's kind of like you know you hear about Mama Bear. I became Papa Bear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't I can't remember any time in all of our my life that I prayed that intensely. For my daughter, but I said I felt there was an urgency, so mm-hmm. so I let it rip. All right, um, Margaret asks: Is God is God the Father and or heaven going through time with us on the earth? Even though the Father can move back and forth in and out of time, is there a sense of past, present, and future to Jesus, Holy Spirit, and the people in heaven? So I I think I understand where they're coming from. Do they? get a sense of time because we're in time oh i'm quite sure heaven is very much aware of what's going on in at any time actually uh the father's omnipresent he knows exactly what's going on where it's going on and everything so he's he he has to be aware of what's going on so he can send help or send words or scribes or couriers for whatever purpose so yes he is very much aware even though He's not held by time or bound by time and doesn't operate like the way we operate here in time. Like we have hours we're awake and hours we're asleep. They don't sleep in heaven. They don't have to. But he's still very much aware of this going on, what's going on and all over the earth at different times on the earth. So, yes, he's like he's present all the time, no matter where we are, or what's going on. And, of course, he can still go into the past and see things. He can go into the future and see things. The Bible says he's been from the beginning. That would be time. He's been from the beginning to the end. There is a beginning of time. Uh, That was right when he first made the earth. The end of time is when he wraps it all up and then he makes the new earth. And then we're just in eternity. We'll be in eternity. But during this time, I said time. During this seasons of our life where time is very much involved with us, with heaven, then they are seeing things all the time as it's going by. But he also knows the end of things at the same time. So it's like if if we're agonizing in prayer for something to happen that we want or think we need or we do need, and there is a sense where God will say, it's not time yet for that. He'll know that it's three months in the future. So he does operate within that framework. He knows that this is for three months from now, right? That kind of thing. Yeah, he already knows that. He already knows when things are going to happen and even what's going to happen. Even though people have wills of their own, he's already actually been through all of time. He's seen all of time already. But right now, as we're speaking, he is watching and he's listening. So, you know, he's he can be anywhere all at the same time. That's one of the great things about him. So he's very much involved in our lives all the time and even does know what the end, what that end looks like. 
And I've already told people that he actually did show me when the end of time would be. And it's not really a date. It's an event. And I've learned that about him. Most of the things he plans and things for on the earth, he goes by those events that he has planned. And that's those are things that will happen in the earth, regardless of who's on the earth or what's going on. Those things that he has planned are going to happen. But he did tell me one time, is that there will be a day that will come when time will be no more because I won't need time and you won't need time on the earth, on the new earth. We won't have a clock. We won't have things like that going on. We'll be living forever. And we will also plan things by events at that time on the new earth. But when everything ends is when time will be no more because he doesn't need time on this earth. Uh, the reason he needs time now is because he's sending those little spirits from him. That's where everybody came from. You lived in him. But this is what he said. Time will be no more when I have sent the last one from myself. That's good. I won't need time. That's good. <laughs> I have a question about time now that we're on the subject. Uh, Manuel Johnson talks about he's got a great story where because he's been transported in the future and the past. So have you. Well, God took him in the past. He transported him in the past. He showed him what happened. He was there, and it it brought healing to his soul because God showed him this and that. I don't I don't know the whole story because I'm probably not doing it justice. But great healing came to him by God taking him back in time. Um, does God do that sometimes? Is there? Does he see? Does he see a need to bring someone back in time? To I think that he probably does because I know several other people who have encounters like that, and um, I have been taken back in time quite a few times. It was all related to things that happened in the Word of God or the way He made heaven, the way He okay. made the earth. It's always related to Revelation when He takes me back in time. Like he showed me his son on the cross and what happened when he had his spirit leave. Uh, he took me back and I saw paradise or Abraham's bosom while he was wow. there with the thief. Uh, I saw him also when he was in hell, approached the gates of hell and they were taking him. And I saw what happened on the third day. I was taken back, uh, back in the book of Acts when the Holy Spirit came and invaded in the upper room. I mean, there's many times he's taken me back. I was yeah. taken back to the tomb um, the very day that he came out of that tomb. I was taken that day back in time. And I actually felt myself traveling. It was the one time I felt myself traveling through time. And I told people it was like on Star Trek or, or Star Wars when you go warp speed and those yeah. like shoot past you. It is exactly like that. Wow. Uh, I know they probably got that idea from the idea zone in heaven about the how it looks like when you travel. But it actually did. And I actually could feel myself moving. When Whenever we got to the part of time God wanted me to see, we stopped and my feet just touched the ground. Crazy. And, it all, and, and it's like the, a portal opened and I was there. I was literally there in that time. And I saw Mary go into the tomb looking for him. And she saw the person in the garden and thought he was, when she came out, she thought he was the gardener because Christ was actually standing in the flower bed smelling the flowers. That's crazy. And Kat, when these things happen, both that and all the other back in time, to be very, very clear, you went in that time. This wasn't a vision, 
uh, a 3D experience. You no. actually were there during the time it actually yes, happened. Yes, I was I actually it. there. I was wide awake. I don't sleep long enough to dream. I almost never dream. And uh, I have sometimes visions, but this is called an encounter. An no. encounter is you are actually there. He's not showing me a film. My feet touched the ground outside the tomb. I saw the stone had been rolled away. It was, it was actually quite a ways down the thing. But I also saw Christ standing. He has his back turned to uh, where the tomb was. And he was literally looking at the flowers because he loves flowers. And he had just been through three days of you know what. And so when he came out of there, after thanking his father for all that he had done for him, he wanted to be in the midst of the flowers. And I actually say, uh, Mary surmised or thought he was the gardener. And she spoke to him. And when he said her name, she knew instantly when she heard him speak that it was him. And then he turned around. And of course, she saw him then. And I wow. saw that in person in that time. That's how it happens, people. And instead of bashing people for saying that, why not ask God to give you an encounter? And show you something powerful. I've been taking wow. that many, many times. For me, and I didn't take myself. I have to make it clear. I didn't take yeah. myself. This was a divine encounter that God had purposed for me. And he'd already told me, we're going to take you back in time, forward in time. We're going to give you revelation on the word, revelation on the times you're in, and show you things to come. And if you remember in Revelation 4, he actually said that to John, I will show you things to come. And so that's one of the things that Amazing. God does with his prophets. And so I was wow. literally there in person. Remember the feeling of the ground, the smell of the flowers. Amazing. I remember everything about that place. Amazing. I, uh, Bobby Connor tells a story about going to the crucifixion, not a vision, not a 3D idea. He was actually there and he said the smells, the sights, the sounds. Yeah, you, you saw don't it all. It. You know, you have you been it. have you been to the crucifixion as well? I saw a part of the crucifixion. It was more what I heard him saying. Um, uh, and they were, of course, very upset that he had died. But we know that he actually the thing about Christ was he was such a powerful being. He had to loose his soul, his soul from his body. He actually had to tell it to leave. Uh, he knew he had to die. And um, and so they uh, probably were wondering why in the world hasn't that guy died? They even, you know, put the sword inside and everything. But he finally knew that it was time. So he just loosed his soul from his body and his spirit man left his body. And then, of course, he was there. Uh, we know that his body remained on the cross. They took it down. They were wrapping it. Uh, the women were crying. Uh, John was. Um, but John remembered also the words Christ said that he would rise again. And so yeah. it was a very powerful thing. People in the city, people I could hear crying in that whole area there, like people were wailing and stuff wow. that he had died because they loved him so much. He'd helped so many people and did so many miracles. They said you couldn't even put him in a book. There were so yeah. many. People count the miracles they see in the Bible. It says if the books were written of all the things he did, the books would go around the world, like yeah. the planet people. Unbelievable. So he was nonstop all the time doing his work that God gave him to do. And so it was it was an emotional time for everyone there. But of course, I already knew that he was going to raise from the dead because I but I had visited that place. And then, of course, uh, I was 
uh, taken back when he came out of the tomb. And then I was taken back when he was down in hell. And then I was I, taken back when I was taken back in time when he actually ascended into heaven. And one of the angels had this urn with his blood in it because he had to pour that out on the mercy seat in heaven. And so he showed me these things to share with people. The reality of the word of God is so powerful. Like what you're hearing? Help us continue to make Elijah Streams and the Elijah Streams podcast possible. Head to ElijahStreams.com and click the Donate Today button. Now, back to the show. But yes, I, I have encounters. He clearly comes and takes me, just takes wow. me like in a second. And it doesn't matter where I am, really. And I gave him permission. So it might be better for you to say, I give you permission to take me whenever you want to or speak to me whenever you want to. That encourages him to do it, actually. And I really? don't said that to him when he told me this is what we're going to have you do as your assignment, your commission on the earth as a revelator. This is what you're going to do. And I said, I give you permission whenever you want to. I guess. And I guess while we're talking about time, okay, now you got me here. Uh, I have heard people, you and others talk about, okay, he said uh, to the thief that, that was saved, that, that became saved. He said, I'm telling you this day, today, you will be with me in paradise he didn't say in hell he said in paradise That's but right. i have not heard anyone say during those three days what did he do in paradise no one's ever really related that to me at least well the first thing he did was preach the gospel to all of them <laughs> it said he it said that he he took captivity captive the, the captivity were, was that was in it, it was called Abraham's bosom and paradise. It is the right. same place. It's where the, the dead, when you died, if you were faithful and knew God and believed in God himself, this is before the Messiah came. God counted that your faith as being, you know, you were just and you were faithful. So he didn't send them to hell. They couldn't ascend to heaven, though, because Christ hadn't gone back to heaven, pour out the blood. Except, of course, we know Elijah and Enoch literally were taken to heaven in their bodies, and they're still there in the physical bodies. I believe that they were glorified when he took them up to heaven already because they didn't have to die. And that yeah. was the Father's choice to do that. But um, but it is, it is quite a thing for God to trust you to do things and share things for him. But But yes, but that's his choice to take me. I don't take myself. But he yeah. actually entered into paradise because he had to keep his word to the thief. The ex-thief. Yeah. Thank you, Holy Spirit said the ex-thief. <laughs> he had to keep his word. And he didn't say, I'll see you tomorrow. He said, yeah. this day, that day, okay, that yeah. day. And so when he died, uh, they actually, he died before, I think he died before the thieves, right? Didn't they have to come break their legs so they would die? Yeah, I think so, because they had to break yeah. the legs and all that so, of the thieves. So, so Christ descended into paradise. Paradise was not a place with rocks in it. You think, well, it's in the earth. It's a bunch of rocks sitting around. What do people do? No, it was a city. It was a beautiful city God a made. City. Counted faithful. And that's where his friends he called, like Abraham. You know, that was his friend. Many of those are the, of, back in the Old Testament were friends of God because they chose to be friends of God. And he didn't send them to hell. He, they still had to, they had to descend though. When you, when you believe in Christ now and you die, you don't descend at all. You ascend into heaven. That's where this is a big difference because Christ has been there. He made the way back. He cleansed it. He, he put the blood on the altar showing that he had 
died for everyone's sins. And so that changed everything about for those who died that believed in Christ. It changed. Some things happened that changed everything. And so, yes, he did go down there. He was talking to Abraham. He was talking to Joseph who raised him. Uh, he was talking to all those people, the faith of David. All of those were in paradise. And at one point, they all exited and left. Paradise is empty now. There's nothing there. It's still there. People actually ask me, would Satan take it over? He doesn't have the ability to take paradise over. Mm. Uh, that's like a holy place that God made for those who loved him and believed in him. And no, hell can't take paradise and use it, people. He's never going to get good. paradise. That's good. So he yeah. would have taken Kat, he would have, Joseph, the one who was sold in Egypt, he would have taken David, Solomon, and he would have preached the gospel and said, this is what it means to be saved. This is what I had to do. That kind of thing. You would have told the Yeah, whole he story. literally preached the gospel as if, you know, you tell people uh, that Jesus Christ gave his life, that he gave his life so that he, we might have a way to go back to heaven where we all came from. There had to be a price paid. There had to be a sacrifice made. And he actually told all of them. They had like a gathering. And he, he just preached the gospel to everybody there. And everyone there received him as their Messiah. They had right. to receive them as, him as their Messiah. Because that's what makes it possible for you to go, you know, to go into heaven. Yeah. And so he did. He preached the gospel. Uh, he said he preached the gospel. And so then he took captivity captive. He captivated them with his love and his sacrifice for all, for all those who choose him. And so they then eventually, they did exit, they did exit uh, Abraham's bosom or paradise, and they are all now in heaven. There's not, they don't use that anymore. It's not used, but it is still there. That's cool. It had golden buildings. It actually had a river. Now these are spiritual places because you're there in your spiritual body. Okay. I explain to people the difference of being in the flesh and being in the spirit. You have a spiritual body and it looks like you, but it looks a lot better. You look young, you're full of energy and life. And so when you died, you entered into this spiritual realm place that was paradise. Or if you were wicked, there's a great gulf that separates those places. Uh, I think the people in paradise can see the gates of hell. And I know hell, if they come up to the gates, can see um, like it's like um, I can't think of what you call it. A balcony. They see like this big balcony that they can see in a far distance. Because remember the dream that the the wicked man had, and he wanted the beggar to bring a drop of water and put it on his tongue, right. burning mm -hmm. in hell. Uh, that dream was real. That was real, and uh, and that's a good way to explain. You read that dream and see what happened. There was a hell. He was burning in hell, and he was telling God, "Please send someone." Uh, to to earth to tell them about this place. It's horrible. I don't want my family to come here. And of course, God's answer to him was, it wouldn't matter who came. They're wicked in their heart and they don't want it. And he said so that, but he would not send uh, Lazarus, who was a beggar, who was a beggar on the earth. And he was, they could see, he could see that he's eating. He knew they were eating. There's like a king's table, a feast set there. Uh, you still eat in your spiritual body, people in heaven. And these people in paradise were eating. They had buildings that they stayed in. They had a beautiful river. They even had a sky because it was a spiritual place. Oh, wow. Okay. In the center of the earth. He wouldn't take his friends who actually believed in him and lived right. 
He went and sent them to place. It was a dark, muddy place. Here you are in the middle of the earth, sitting next to the lava. That wasn't going to happen. God made this place beautiful, and it and it was beautiful. Let me ask this one last question, because I know we have to stop at the top of the hour. Um, there was a great earthquake when Jesus was crucified, and graves were open. What have you seen, if anything, uh, as far as that? Have you seen that event graves open the earthquake i know it did happen i know that the the earth shook and graves open and people saw i'm trying to remember i don't know if they gave a number or something but it was quite a few it was quite a few hundred i believe that were actually noted it was noted and written somewhere i don't know maybe josephus or somebody wrote that down but it does mention in the bible that they had an earthquake and the graves were opened and they saw people walk it was just another testimony okay. that that was the son of god i mean a lot of people began to believe that was the son of god especially the guard who was at the cross that yeah. was the son of god because he knows that couldn't have happened any other way so that really did happen people came up out of the graves yeah. and they walked around and that was uh, fascinating that's it fascinating, was fascinating. But- but you know it's interesting because you know it's it's it shows integrity on your part because you're not making it up. If God no. didn't show you, you're not saying God showed me. You're saying I didn't see people walking out of the grave. If I see people walking out of graves when there was an earthquake, so that to me that adds credibility to you because yeah. you could make something. Yeah, I up. wasn't taken and shown those people walking, but I do know that did happen. Yeah, uh, I do know that did happen. They yeah. still talk about it in heaven sometimes. Wow, I'd love to see a video that. of that. And I guess in heaven we get to see replays that we want, right? You, if we want to see what that looks like, absolutely can see replays. Awesome. Mm-hmm. I like re- those are the kind of reruns I want to see. <laughs> so, well, Kat, um, if you will pray for the people um, before we go, and just bless them, if you will. Father, I thank you for this beautiful day. I thank you for your Holy Son, our King of Kings. I thank you for Holy Spirit, who can be our best friend, but is still God. He was sent to come alongside us. And then when we choose to invite him to indwell us, he actually moves on the inside of us. And then he'll never stop talking to us. But I thank you for that, that, that you are very much involved in our lives and you do care for everyone. And I, I pray, Father, that people have to understand, they need to understand yeah. that when they have someone who belongs to Jesus Christ and they've received Jesus Christ, when they move to heaven, it is a good thing. It is a good thing for them. That's why they celebrate in heaven. They don't weep and cry when someone comes home. They celebrate because God loves it when one of his children come home, one of his sons or his daughters, they come home to heaven. They actually have a huge celebration. Rewards are given from the throne at that time. And then all their family and friends go to see this person's mansion. And then they get undone by how beautiful and amazing uh, or adventurous even these mansions yeah. are so powerful. Thank you, Father, for thinking of us in the past, now in this time and in the future. You know where we are. You know that we love you. I thank you in these days. Set a table in the presence of everyone's enemies. That would be the left. That would be the liberals. All those evil people colluding and flaming together to take over this world, which makes me laugh. Ha ha! Because this earth was made by you and your son. And it says the earth and the fullness thereof belongs to Jesus Christ. The earth is your footstool because you're ever watching us. Thank you for intervening in lives 
who've lost people have lost things like their property or their their money is running low i thank you right now you take out of your own stock and you give to those people father because they're trusting you they're believing you and they're staying excited i thank you for showing yourself strong on their path in these days right now in jesus name so be it and everyone said amen and amen i just want to encourage people to go to revealingheaven.com cat's two books are there and other products go to catcur.com that's one that's the only place you can give into her ministry, and I hope you will support her ministry at catcurr.com. One more little thing I did want to mention. Yes, that, go um, ahead. I will be, of course, in Colorado at a women's event, and then uh, less than a week later, I'll be up with Hank Kuhneman um, and the other ones who have been invited to open the heavenlies. And I just wanted people to know we actually have created some new things that represent heaven that we will be taking with us. But I do know during my time that I get to speak on Saturday. I think it's Saturday. Um, Maybe it's Friday. It's Saturday. It is Saturday. I will actually be sharing about Spirit Force. If you haven't made reservations, you can still have time to go. I believe they still have seats left in that Mid-America Center. And uh, I'm just letting you know ahead of time, I actually will be talking about Spirit Force. And I'm excited to see people and share that truth, that new revelation from the Father with everybody there. I'm looking forward to seeing all of you in person. And may God keep you, bless you, protect you on your journey, protect your family, whoever is not not going with you. And may he supply all that you need to get to that event because it will be life-changing. Many will be there. Very good. Thank you, Kat. And a quick reminder, tomorrow it's different at 8 a.m., not 11 AM at 8 a.m. Pacific time, Eric Trump will be with us. We're very, very awesome. honored to awesome. have him with us for the first time, hopefully many other times. And do not miss that. Eric Trump tomorrow, 8 a.m. on Rumble only. And I think on Facebook as well. So God bless everyone. Thank you, Kat. We love you. Uh, we will see you all again tomorrow. See you tomorrow at 8 a.m. God bless. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This has been Elijah Streams. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can listen to the Elijah Streams podcast at ElijahStreams.com on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Join us live every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific time at ElijahStreams.com on YouTube, Rumble, and Facebook. Elijah Streams is part of Elijah List Ministries. Click the link in the description to become a partner today.